Why can't it be a copier machine, Dan? We're, we're, we're talking about, you know, materials that become sentient and try to attack people. Why can't that, we be using a true. giant copier machine? To kill? Yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Some bosses get scanned pretty hard yeah, with the weapon. <laughs>
Switch emulators, there's PlayStation 5 emulators. Like, you know, I think when you're getting to that point, I think it's a little bit dodgy, right? Um, so for my personal taste, uh, I, I do love a lot of these emulator machines, um, you know, mostly because of convenience. Many of them are handhelds. You can jump in and out whenever you want. You get retro achievements, all that kind of stuff. Uh, original hardware is definitely probably where I prefer to play, if possible. Uh, but I will say that there are just certain things that emulators get you that um, original hardware either can't or it's harder to do. Right. So there's like a lot of really neat ROM hacks out there. I'm thinking of like a lot of the really good Pokemon ROM hacks that I've played over the oh, years, yeah. uh, you know, shouting out, I guess, Pokemon Brown and uh, and Pokemon Emerald Rogue, just just for instance. But like there's, you know, randomizers like uh, basically any any randomized uh, like any any game you can have a randomizer in right for a whole new type of type of experience. You can do that stuff with EverDrive cartridges, but I'd argue you're kind of airing more on the emulation side of the spectrum if you're doing that anyway so you know um long story short i definitely prefer to play on original hardware but i don't think that uh emulation is without its merit either yeah no for sure like emulation now has like a few things that is going for it too like um save states if you're into that or like the fast forward key you know if you want to like it by like a certain cutscene faster or you know just a lot of those like things that just the original hardware don't come with. I mean, the absolute best thing for me is just being able to hop in and out of a game at will, like save points, yeah. be damned, you know? Right. Yeah. And the fast forward key is like bypassing Dodrio Game Boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, some of these old titles, they do have some super grindy um, moments. So it's like, you know, how often can you watch the same animation over again? I am grateful that a lot of those grindy games kind of have remakes now with quality of life updates. We don't really have to worry about it as much, but, um, but yeah, definitely probably original hardware still. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there, there's like difficulty with some original hardware, like for example, you know, trying to get your NES cartridges to work can be quite frustrating sometimes, but like, yeah, once, once you get it to go, like, how do you beat Couch Co-op Super C on the NES? Like, you sit down, you get it to go, and, like, it, it's just... That's good, man. Look, yeah. th there are lag considerations, too, right? So when you're talking about these original hardware systems, they were designed for CRT TVs. And I don't know about you guys, but I do not own a CRT. I don't intend to go out and either get one for free or buy one. So, you know, I'm really trying to staple together solutions uh, for my modern TVs get these things to work and it can get pricey right and that's kind of all the deterrent you might need to tilt you over to the um to the emulator side right because you know you can pick up these great handhelds for two or three hundred bucks and they can play everything through gamecube and most of the ps2 library right yeah. but um library you know if you want to have that type of experience through original hardware you either need to get yourself a crt or you're going to have, you know, an experience getting it to work on a modern TV. You either need to buy an upscaler, which can be really expensive, four or five hundred bucks sometimes for the really good ones. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. or you could get into modding. But again, modding isn't cheap either. And you need to know how to do it or know someone that does know how to do it. And by the time you pay somebody else, you're still in for, you know, two fifty, three hundred bucks sometimes per console. Yeah, so. that's where I like I put my foot down. It's like when I know it starts getting pricey, it's just is it really worth it? And then, you know, I also feel like if the game company is not making royalties off of the game in question, 
I think it is personally, I think it's absolutely morally okay to, um, to emulate it, right? Like you're not going to go out and spend $360 on an original copy of, of, uh, Chrono Trigger, right? Well, that's insane. Which you don't have to. There are definitive versions of that game specifically, but you know, I'm thinking for something like Earthbound, right? Like it's it's much harder to come by another way to play Earthbound mm. than original hardware, and it's what like what was um that Sega Genesis kind of game that you had mentioned that it was like a blockbuster exclusive? Oh, uh, I'm I'm gonna butcher the name. I think it's called Hagane, and it's yeah. a like it's a like a one thousand two hundred dollar loose uh, oh it's super nintendo wasn't it oh yeah yep yep it's a super nintendo cartridge right so by the time you're getting to that right and it's not like nintendo is gonna make is gonna make royalties off of that you're just paying you know a rando um, right that that money i think really i think it's really okay to just emulate the thing i can't justify that yeah i mean you know i'm married and i want to stay that way so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go buy four digit cartridges. <laughs> Completely understandable. Uh, well, I I I agree in most of those cases too. It's like, you know, uh, like Dan had said earlier, the whole like Nintendo Online library on the Switch is like is really nice because uh, for one they have a lot of the good games, and for two it's a handheld system, so you can just you know walk around with it and you have you know, all those Super Nintendo and NES games, and now they have some Sega Genesis and 64. And, I just uh, wish they would have it more. By the yeah. way, speaking of which, our our topic today, Gun Knack, is a juicy one. It's going for about 400 bucks if you want a copy of this bad boy. <laughs> so, you know, I will say about original hardware, the lag is much better for that, too. Like, um, you know, even with... High, higher quality emulation, you'll still get like a couple of milliseconds lag. And I guess for some people that really makes a difference. I'm a little too casual for that to make a difference for me in most cases. But uh Yeah, this isn't an MMO where I'm rating. I I don't care that much about a little bit of lag on my console. Yeah, I'd argue you need to lag less on a precision platformer than you do on an MMO there, buddy. <laughs> I'm just saying I hate lag when I'm playing MMO. So you're like I don't want my menus to lag. <laughs> All right. So what do we got for gaming news? You know, it's funny. I feel like, so for those of you listening, we're recording this episode a week early. Our, uh, our co-host Steve's got himself a little vacation he's going on over Christmas. So uh, if we, if by the time you get around to hearing this news, it's a little bit stale. Forgive us. Um, but uh, first up, I wanted to talk about the. Uh, you guys know I'm a big FF7 remake fan. I thought that was a perfect game. Had a blast playing all 40 hours in Midgar. So now the second chapter is coming out, uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and it is coming out exclusively for the PlayStation 2, at least at first. Uh, turns out the enhanced version of Final Fantasy VII Remake um, came out for both the PlayStation 5 and Steam about simultaneously, and I imagine this one will follow suit. Um, but w- what do you guys think? Are you playing it? Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, it comes out, what, in February? I believe. End of February? Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. my understanding early early 2024 is what is what i read but it sounds like you have more detail than i do yeah, on so it well i beat it obviously i beat it once when the first week that it came out um so i'm a little hazy on like you know what happened but you know i i still know enough to to play it i actually haven't played the um the dlc i should probably go play that what is it uh integrate i think it's called eh, Yuffie, eh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I, I don't know like... maybe they make her likable because like honestly in the in the original version i was team tifa all the way like yeah. one 100 tifa bro i was, I was whatever a... but uh it was barrett i loved barrett he was a tank but like uh but you know what i felt like they made Aerith's character a lot a lot in my opinion a lot more likable in the in the remake so maybe they'll do the same for yuffie i don't know i didn't i didn't play integrate either yeah i wonder if it's like if you have to play that to um get the story i mean i, I imagine not if it's dlc oh, they're like no. doing stuff with zach in that one and they're doing stuff with zach in this new one too um so yeah. I don't know if they're relegated to flashbacks or if there's going to be more there. Um, it seems like there's going to be like, uh, oh, I don't know. Before before I dive into this, Steve, what do you think? Are you playing it? Um, I might end up going and picking up the remake for PS5 to replay it, and uh, I'll probably I'll probably reserve my my decision until I replay the remake again because when I first played it. Like, I was having some fun, but by the time I had to go to the Shinra building, I lost a lot of steam. So, it it kind of depends on if I pick it up again and I play it to see where I land. Yeah, the um, Shinra building was almost like a third of the game. It, yeah. It's actually a lot there. It's some game stuff, too. It's huge. Yeah, so I know, like, they changed up the story a little bit with, like, those ghost things that, like, wander around, and they, yeah. like, change up the uh, current events. I just wonder how much, because they gave us a taste in it in the first game, like, kind of, like, in like midway through. A taste? They were, like, all over the place. It yeah, but I, like... I, think really, I don't know if you, they were really a big thing until, like, near like mid-game to, and into the later parts, but I, I think they were just giving us, like, a taste of it, because I think in my opinion, they're probably going to change up the story a decent amount in uh, Rebirth. Like, this could be a hot take, but I don't think Eris going to die this time around. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a reasonable theory. I think they're doing a lot, like a multiverse type of a theory thing going on, because they do allude to the previous journey from the old game, too, saying that, you know, it was already done before, something to that effect. It's been a while since I've beaten the game. Yeah, and then, like, near the end of the game, uh, I think think canon wise like zach gets like shot up and like dies and then that's how yeah. like uh, cloud takes over and all that but at the end of the um the game it shows zach actually beating all the soldiers and then walking off so it's like makes you wonder what's gonna happen i guess we'll have to find out yeah we'll see you know it'll be it'll be pretty exciting and you know i'm just all about this like really high graphics Final Fantasy, really in-depth combat. Um, you know, great story, good voice acting, just the complete work over that it deserves. I think it's great. They need to remake yeah. 9. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd really like that, too. Yeah, that'd be exciting. I'd be all for that. Poor 9. <laughs> no love for 8. <laughs> no, well, okay, so... There were only two Final Fantasies to come out on PlayStation, okay? It was FF7 and FF9. 
I like it's eight. <laughs> eight was very different, to be honest. They yeah. like tried the junction system, and I don't know. It was like a hit or miss with some people. Well, it's like you know, you get this really powerful magic, and you have to put it on your stats, and so you don't want to use it because then it weakens your stats. Yeah, because yeah, because the more you have of it, the better, right? Yeah. Yeah. That but, is a pretty janky system. Well, the reason that I said nine isn't just because I like nine more than eight. The main reason that I say it is because nine got released. Like, I don't know, it was like three months before the PS2 came out. So it kind of got overshadowed, in a way, from the PS2's yeah. release. And I, it would be really nice yeah. for them to go back and, and do it some more justice. They probably will. I mean, I don't know, there's something about this era in gaming where they're just going back and just like, remaking all old games. So I would not be surprised if uh, FF9 got the same treatment down the line. Give me the Legend yeah. of Dragoon remake, just give it to me. Give it to me oh, yeah. really badly. I, I would be waiting outside GameStop. Or, I mean, everything's digital nowadays, but like if it was back... I don't care. I, I, I would be waiting at GameStop for my copy. <laughs> That's a game The I next bit of gaming news that I wanted to talk about was, uh, you know, I feel like Switch 2 rumors have suddenly, like, really, really come to life. Um, I, I've been seeing just, a lot like, of it, too. Yeah, yeah. It's not just, like, the one-off tinfoil hat person making a making a TikTok about it. It's like, you know, there's there seems to be even some design concepts out there floating around. I don't know if you guys have seen any of that. But uh what do we think? Twenty twenty four is probably probably when we're gonna see the next Nintendo console, right? I hope so. There's a couple things I want from it. Um obviously backwards uh compatibility. The number one thing. You know, because it's like you know, I want to play all my old games, but like, you know, say games like uh, Breath of the Wild, Tears of Kingdom, uh, Pokemon Arceus, uh, Sword and Shield. All these games on the Switch, they they have significant frame drops because I don't know if it's because they're open world. And, you know, they're capped at 30 FPS, so it would just be nice to, like, go back and play your old games with, you know, maybe like a steady 6 FPS. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, you know, my main thing is I'm hoping that they release some more information about Metroid Prime Four. We've only been waiting for like 15 years. Yeah, I'm hearing that. I'm hearing three. rumors about that, like hand in hand with the uh, with the Switch Two, like maybe launch title kind of a thing, which would be really interesting. You know, uh, <laughs> Prime's gonna uh, Metroid Prime Four is gonna be good too because I think they uh, they actually had a release date for it, but then they scrapped it because you know the lead team didn't think it was up to snuff. So yeah. That goes to tell you that like that this game's gonna be good when it comes out. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. So I would I would like um also for them to keep all of the online services and store that they have for the Switch intact for the new model. Yeah, like, I'd like to add stop more. Yeah. Like they they've had so many eShops over, over the years. Just stop making new eShops. Just make it like the Nintendo eShop and like that's that's the shop for every console. Hundred percent agree. For newer consoles, they don't have to shut down servers later on. You can have your old console. It's like, believe it or not, I think it was. I think it's next year. I could I could look it up, but uh, Xbox's um, three sixty store is still open. I believe until March of next year, right? So that's kind of like a kind of like polar opposite. Because I think the 3DS was the last uh, eShop to shut down. 
And that shut and that shut down what early last year, I believe, like April of last year. And the 3DS came out in like 2012 or something, and like the Xbox 360 came out in like 2006 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I, I think Nintendo could really learn something from that, and just hopefully kind of push past that uh, shutting down. Right. Services. I, think, so. I also think Nintendo could do a better job with uh, keeping up with their games too. In general, like a lot of their games, it's just it's hard to get a hold of because it's it's not on the shop. Like like GameCube games, for example, it's like you you can't really like find them anywhere, and they don't have an eShop for uh, GameCube. Yeah. Well, they don't for PlayStation Two either. It wasn't really the era of it. Yeah. Well, they need to get on that. <laughs> The other interesting thing is, uh, it the as far as backwards compatibility to Xbox is another leader there. Um, so the Xbox Series S can actually play. I think it's, I think it's like ninety five percent of the three sixty library, and I guess yeah. like like seventy or eighty of the original Xbox games too. Like really really good ones, I guess, or the ones that were popular. So I mean, I don't know too many details on that, but that's pretty crazy, right? Because not even PlayStation really does that. Um, it's really nice of Microsoft to, you know, keep making models that uh, allow you to play the older stuff that you may have collected over the years. It's a nice, nice reward for your loyalty, so to yeah. speak. Where you, you don't, as much as I love Nintendo, I really do. You don't get anything for your loyalty over the years. They used to have the fan, uh, Nintendo fan club or whatever it was, and you'd get like posters or like little knickknacks and things like that. I mean. But you don't get to play the games that you fell in love with that made you love the company to begin with. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that they did something. Screw that. <laughs> yeah, um, I will say Nintendo has fallen a little bit for me as uh, time went on. You know, I used to love Nintendo as a kid, and I, I still do. But they're just, they're not the juggernaut as they used to be to me. I, I don't mean, know. I'm I'm like more of a Nintendo guy now than I ever was. And I don't know if it's just because I have a kid now and I'm like... Because, like, even with... Green they, as hell. Yeah, they are, but the way that they make their games, it's easy to, like, jump in and out of, whereas, like, I don't think I could play, like, a 60-hour experience of something now, you know? I would love if Nintendo I went like to Steam. It. That'll never happen, but that's, like, my dream. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Nintendo will, making, will be making consoles at least until we die. Yeah. Um, I, I read a little article, um, I don't know, maybe it was like two days ago, um, Eiji Onuma, who is the director of all the Zelda games since, like, Ocarina of Time, he doesn't understand why a large part of the fan base still likes the old linear Zelda format. Like, linear. the older linear, yeah, not like open world Tears of the Kingdom, I and know that I would refer to Zelda as linear. I feel like it's anything. The, the old formula is still excellent. Uh, excellent today. Yeah, and no, it's... I know, but it's more linear than Breath of the Wild, Tears sure. of the Kingdom. That's what was said. Not that they are linear, but the more it's... linear. It's Some like... of us like to play and eventually win a game. Right. It's like and no one just run around in a sandbox for you know hours on end for <laughs> the rest of our lives. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, I'm not, like, knocking those two titles, but, like, I really enjoy... I actually prefer the original formula over, like, Breath of the Wild. Should be honored as opposed to shocked, I guess. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of, like, a really weird 
like comment, you know, because you can't beat tradition in some aspects. Like if you grow up on the older Zelda format, you're probably going to like it more just in general, like things you grow up on, you just have a special connection with. And, you know, if you wanted to get into the nitty gritty, it's like you guys said, you know, I like a game that I can eventually win or like, I don't feel like being in a sandbox for 60 hours or, you know, any of those main criticisms. Like I understand the value of the open world and like the millions of things you can do. But like if every game was like that, it wouldn't be special. No, and it's like sometimes you like, like me, you like to be a completionist, and it's like it's asking a lot when a game like Tears of the Kingdom, where you have like well, 150 plus shrines and like all those like Korok seasons, there's like 900 of them, and it's like it, you're gonna be like at least spending like 200 hours at least trying to get everything, and that's just like too much. And and let's let's address the the biggest thing about that: you spend most of the time running around. You like yeah. not even like you're just running around. There's no fast travel in that game. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't play it, but I'm assuming there's no, some there, robust there fast is. travel. There is, but it's just like the world is so massive that like they have like maybe nine uh, fast travel points, and but like from one to the other, you're probably running for like twenty plus minutes. It's crazy. Yeah, but you know, as far as gaming news, that's something that he said kind of recently. So I thought it was. Uh... I want to shut fired. that. I I guess like, and as far as like the Zelda movie goes, I feel like Ocarina of Time is a good place. Like, yeah, you need two actors for Link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's just like the most iconic Zelda game, and everybody like it's a good starting point. Like, I feel like that would be where I would expect it to go. It would be very difficult to make like a link to the past movie. I feel like and have it make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't know. I guess they don't have to follow any like particular game either. Like like the Mario movie didn't, you know, follow any one game too closely. That's probably best cuz I can't I don't know if I could sit there and watch like multiple dungeons of like <laughs> You know, he's gonna go through three dungeons as a kid. He's gonna, yeah. He's gonna go through five as. as and let's as, be honest, the, the dungeons yeah. would probably be like three minutes long because you know they don't want the the movie to be too long. <laughs> yeah, I guess they'd probably have to. It's supposed to be like adventure, you know. Like, I guess you could think of it maybe more like Lord of the Rings. You know, they spend time in the dungeons there, like Mountain of Moria, and you know, like. Helm's Deep, the Battle of Helm's Deep, and, you know, they kind of have dungeons, but they probably shouldn't split it up between, like, nine dungeons. Yeah, I have more would... takes, but I don't want to make Steve mad. What? So, we can we can set news aside. Let's let's go ahead and get into our get into our main discussion today. So today we are talking about Gunnack, and we are talking about it in our Wonder Trade format. 
The Wonder Trade format is a little bit more structured than uh, you may have heard on our Banjo-Kazooie episode or our Splatterhouse episode. It's a little bit more of a review. There's a score. There are stakes. You have to listen to our opinions about Gunnack. So uh, we'll be taking this game to task across five of five categories here, and our categories today are presentation, gameplay, pacing, playability in 2023, soon to be 2024, maybe 2024 by the time you're listening to this episode, and X Factor. So we'll discuss each category between the three of us, and then at the end of our discussions, uh, we will give each category a grade. Uh, probably from 1 to 10, I think, is our scale today, guys. Yeah, yeah. All right? And mm-hmm. then by the end of our five categories, we, help, we will have some kind of average. And uh, they'll give you kind of our general consensus on this. So, without further ado, let's get into Gunnack. So, just a quick overview of Gunnack. Gunnack is what I call a scrolling shooter. That covers your top-down shooters and your left-to-right shooters. It's any shooter where the screen is, as the name suggests, auto-scrolling. And your job is to shoot the enemies coming in the opposite or other directions uh, from you. Oftentimes these things take place in space, but uh, we've seen plenty of examples of games that don't do this as well. <coughs> Gun Knack's got a little bit of a story. Yeah. <laughs> Raiden. Gun Knack, uh, um, That's a good one. Was developed in 1990. That's relatively late in the NES's life cycle. Um, so you generally expect more from titles toward toward the end. Um, it was developed by a company called Compile. I don't know how many of their works we, you know, most people might know, but they developed the Poyo Poyo series, uh, which uh, we would know here as Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. And uh, there was even like a Kirby um, form of the game. But they don't really change how the pieces look or most of the feel of the game. They just wrap it in a new skin for uh, yeah. where they're marketing it too. But Poyo Poyo, I'd say, would be uh, probably the most famous example. I think um, they made uh, Xanak too, um, the game prior to this one. Oh, I was like, yeah. is that a, is that a, like, an anti-depression med? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's just like, basically Gunnack's just like a better version of uh, Xanak. I, I don't know if the stories, like, follow closely together. But um, I, I looked at a little gameplay of Xanax, and you can definitely tell that uh, Gunnack is more updated. Because I think uh, Xanax was like 87, 88, some, somewhere around there. Oh, so this is so you're saying this is like a sequel? Yeah, but I don't know if the stories are like tied together. Interesting. I didn't know that. All right. Well... In this game, there is a little bit of a story, too. Steve, give us a quick overview of the story again of Gunnack. All right, well, it's not it's not a very, uh, very exciting story, but there's a solar system that has, like, seven different planets in it, and apparently it's supposed to be this utopia, and, you know, everything lives in harmony. And all of a sudden, one day, all of the... Skynet. Inanim- yeah, pretty much. All all of the inanimate objects started to seize the means of operation. They wanted to form a union. So they all started uh, coming alive. And now the lone rogue renegade starship fighter pilot Gunnack is called in to save the day. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, 
from evil carrots and bunnies and inanimate yeah. fish and the, things. That, that I actually, cover art is wild. You see, like the two yeah, giant I carrots. I got like, a weird impression of Gunak because, like, the first <laughs> they're kind of like pretty cutesy, but like as you like progress through the uh, the stages, it gets like, in my opinion, like a little more serious. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you guys got that impression, but like you like fight like a bunny in the first stage and then like a cat in the second stage and then i don't know then the enemies start getting like a little more like uh make <laughs> and then the kraken yeah yeah it's 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 all over the place I it, feel it, like, it, it, it is i feel like some of these shooters tend tend to be they just throw everything they just throw everything into it leftover assets yeah and this is this is this is much like yeah. how gun net feels that's probably what they were going for you know with like all the inanimate objects coming to life so they just want to throw everything at us right. even money let's let's officially talk about our first category then because we're all chomping at the bit let's talk about the presentation of gun neck steve you want to start us off sure so uh gun neck's presentation is a little bit weird uh, you don't really have very many themes as far as, like, the enemies go, and, you know, things don't really make sense direction-wise. Like, in the gameplay footage, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it's just, like, a random pile of stuff attacking you. And, you know, that, that to me, I don't know, it was almost grating. It's like, what is happening? Like, why am I fighting carrots? Or, like, coins? Like, it just... It's just really weird. Um, the the graphics for the game are pretty good for the Nintendo, in my opinion. I mean, I I didn't have any issues with with the the graphic style and the sprites and anything. You know what I was surprised with is like how well the game runs with all the nonsense and shenanigans on the screen. Yeah, and you know, in certain games on on the NES, uh, you know, we didn't air this episode, but when we all played Mega Man Five, I'm pretty sure we were all feeling the chug. Uh, yeah, and like yeah. two or three but enemies Mega were on the screen. You just, just yeah, Mega Man's really bad with it. Yeah, um, it, it is like three enemies is enough to make it lag. Yeah, this, no, but this is can... like, I, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not big into this genre, so like I can't. I'm I'm, I'm not going to bloviate about bullet hell games, but there are moments in this game that feel a lot like pretty bullet hell E. So there's a lot of, so I guess what I'm trying to say is there's a lot on the screen sometimes and it does it without slowing down. I thought, I thought that was pretty great. Yeah. That was like the very first thing that came to me when I went through the first stage. Cause I, I'm just so used to like, it's like ingrained in my bre- uh, in my uh, mind that like, if I'm playing an NES game that if there's a lot of sprites on the screen, there's going to be slowdowns. And yeah, they no, they did an excellent job. I don't know how they did it, but like, it doesn't matter how many things are on the screen—bullets, enemies, like pickups—the game just does not slow down. No, it's great, and 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 honestly, the whole you know, you look at some of these space shooters, and the backgrounds usually just plain black with like little dots for stars, right? But this one, this one, they actually do a lot with uh, textures and stuff. Like the screen is usually full, I'd say, of something yeah. other than just open space. Yeah. Yeah, that, sure. they did a good job, like, adding, like, little landmark features and, you know, volcanoes in some levels, moon craters, that kind of stuff. The solar flares in, like, level 6 and things like that uh, were pretty cool. The solar um, flares were really cool. There's a lot going on yeah. there. That, yeah. That was 
really interesting. And it, you know, for this for this for this like time period, it did feel like you were like flying into a sun, right? Yeah, <laughs> especially, awesome. at, especially at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, think you, you really do fly into a sun at the end. <laughs> um, the other thing that I wanted to touch on in presentation was the soundtrack. Oh, so, oh, it's like, so good. Yeah, I like the first level. You know, it just it hits you like right away. You're like, wow, I'm hyped up. Like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to shoot stuff, and uh, it doesn't really fall off either. Yeah, it reminds me of Meg Man. You said it doesn't fall off. Yeah, like the music didn't fall off for me. It just stayed good the whole time. You know, all these all these levels have names. You know, if you go and read read the manual, which which I'm just gonna preface. Well, actually, you know what? I'll save it. all these levels actually have names. I'm trying to find them right now. The uh, they're like funny little puns where like okay, so your first level is just Lunaris, which is just a moon city, so it's a lame lame pun there. And then the second one is called like Magma P E. Really? Like, <laughs> it's, it's it's got like the little volcanoes, and then the next one's like Atlanta, Georgia. But spelled with <laughs> spelled with J's. <laughs> really? Wow. Yep. Um, then it's log log art log art log art. Oh, log log art because it's like the the like woods level. Like yeah. the third one is all like those woods with like logs flying at you and stuff. I'm curious what the bank one's called. Mega Dinero is what the bank is. <laughs> the bank one is called. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then it's a uh, art. Our Kindy Smith is the next one. Uh, I'm trying to remember what one was that. The fire level. Ben Ben Galium <laughs> is the name of the of the the uh, solar flare level. Really? Yeah. What about the last one? Oh, uh, is it? <laughs> A sane asylum. <laughs> yeah, that works. It just took me. A I could see to, it. Uh, to pronounce oh. it. I definitely could see that for yeah. that stage. <laughs> the boss gauntlet. I mean, mini boss gauntlet. Yeah, I don't know if this if this was like a side project, but they were obviously screwing around when they made the names. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you know sometimes games are they they need a little uh, comedic value like that. It just especially with how the game looks. It fits. Like I, the 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 fact that like the bank level is called uh, Mega Dinero. That's awesome. Mega Dinero. Which which they never mention it in the game. It's just stage stage one through seven. You got to read the manual for these for these gems. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that the different levels had different names. Yeah, I wonder if like the weapons have names themselves. Uh no, I think it's just weapon one one through five. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I have I have names for all of them. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's like when we get into gameplay, we'll talk more about it. But like, I had generic names for them myself. Yeah, <clears throat> bad weapons one, two, three, and five, and then oh, come on, weapon number four. <laughs> no, dude. We, let's wait to gameplay, and I'll I'll tell you what I like. <laughs> but. You know, all, all all joking aside, you can tell that even though this is a this is this is a scrolling shmup, and you know it tends to be a pretty uh, my no, I'm not a programmer, but my understanding is that 
that those types of games tend to be pretty easy to make and kind of like throwaway <laughs> projects sometimes. Uh, I do think a lot of care went into developing just the, how this game looks. Yeah, it was yeah I'd say. Boy. No, it, it was. You could tell. Like, if you're into, like, these type of games, um, you can't go wrong with Gunak. It's it's not bad in any stretch of the imagination. The the anime girl in the shop, her her freaky face is, like, burned into my memory. Yeah. <laughs> with that music, too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing that at 5, 5.30 in the morning when my eyes snap awake. <laughs> But, but no, the music is really, really good. Um, I think it's something that if you, you know, I guess if you were going to make an NES um, library soundtrack, I really do think some of Gunnack's um, tracks should end up on there because they are, I, I'd say yeah. all of them are pretty awesome, actually. I mean, I definitely have, have my favorites, but I don't think there's one of them that's, like, bad. Yeah, none of them are jarring or, yeah. like, I think... like first one takes the cake for me that one is so good kind of has like a Mega Man-y type sound font too yeah mm-hmm. which is not it a bad thing so what do you guys give it on presentation um so for me i actually gave it an eight you know i mean obviously i might be you know be a little generous with that but um the story is, you know, generic. It's nothing crazy. It's obviously you get that little bit in the beginning, and then obviously it doesn't make any sense as you get in the game. But, like, you know, just, like, you know, the speed of the game, the fact that it runs, like, flawlessly and no lag for an NES game, you know, I for me, like, that deserves, like, a, a decent, you know, decently high score. So, yeah, no, I, I gave it an 8. What about you, Don? I'm actually going to go ahead, you know, considering the hardware that it's that it's on. Um, I can't say I'm overly familiar with the library, but I'm going to go with uh, go with a nine. I think everything looks the way it's supposed to. I don't think anything visually. So, I think sometimes you run into with these games some of the visuals uh, obstructing the objective, which is to not get hit, right? And this is a one-hit kill game, just like any other shmup. So, if you can't see the like enemy um fire and stuff like that it's going to be a bad time right and i don't i don't feel that with with this game um so yeah i'm, I'm actually going to go ahead and give it a nine especially considering the hardware it's on i think it looks and sounds great absolutely um you, Steve? <clears throat> i'm gonna give it a seven um everything's pretty good except for the random enemy types. I'm just not a fan. Like carrots and money and I don't know. I know it's like the inanimate objects of, you know, gain life and are now rebelling against society, but I don't know. I feel like it was kind of a cop-out and uh, that's why I'm bringing it down. But the music and the graphics and, you know, the way that the game keeps up with the frame rate, even with stuff on screen, you know, it still still uh a good score but uh i'm gonna dock at some points on the uh on the enemy choices fair enough all right not too many points docked on that category it's great all right uh let us get into actually playing the game now tends to be the second thing that hits you when you pick up a game uh, so let's talk about the let's talk about the controls. Let's talk about the mechanics. Let's talk about you know what I think the three of us enjoy most about about video games. Dan, why are you 
All right, so obviously I'm going to start us off with the uh, controls. So obviously you got your eight directions that you can move in at any point in time, you know, to dodge like the bullet hell that this game is. Um, you also, if you hit select, you can actually change the speed, which I actually didn't know you could do until probably, like, you know, the fourth level in. Um, oh, you yeah. Change what speed did you guys play speeds. on? I think I hovered between two and three. Four was a little fast. Like, where I felt like I would be, you know, crashing into bullets and stuff. I didn't know you could do that. How about you, Mr. Easy Mode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know you could change the speed. Yeah. yeah. No, no uh, yeah, yeah, you can get up to four different levels of <clears throat> speed just passively. You don't have to pick anything up. You, it's, you just, your ship is capable of moving faster if you are. Oh, I wish I had known that. Well, the game doesn't really, like, tell you. I mean, like, I, I didn't know until, like, halfway through the game that you could do that. I, I don't even know I if just... the manual tells you, because I, I read the manual. I, I, I had to, because when I jumped into this game, it, I didn't understand the power-up system at all. Yeah, yeah it wasn't explained no. well. Yeah, no. I, I was just, like, collecting everything that, that, that dropped. I was collecting numbers, collecting letters, collecting these well, like, P-balloon-looking things, you know, money. Even the, shop, like, even the shop is kind of vague with, like, kind of, like, some of the upgrades. The shop is but, very vague. Yeah, I don't know what it's... turbo power is, but I know it's a permanent upgrade, and I know <laughs> that, you know, I should buy it because it's a permanent upgrade, even if I game over. Everything else is not. Yeah, so... Yeah. I, I tried, like, the safe options. Like, I knew, like, obviously, if you, like, tried to, like, dissect it, one, two, three, four, and five were, like, the weapon upgrades. So I tried to just stick with that because I just didn't know what anything else did. I thought, like, turbo power might have been, like, how fast, like, your ship moved. But, like, apparently maybe not. <laughs> it turns out I think it's rate of fire. I think so, too. And there are forums online that talk about it, and there are a few different answers. To that so i'm not sure what exactly it is. you can't you can't get a definitive answer yeah uh it's really interesting and i i think the the manual calls it something else too like it just straight up has a different name for it like because it does oh, talk geez. about the shop yeah manual, doesn't tell you what it does just hope it's like helping you out when you buy it yeah <laughs> in some way or another you're like oh it's a permanent upgrade so i guess we're just gonna buy them all all right so like I'm actually curious, like, what your guys' favorite, like, weapon is. Like, I'll explain them, and I guess, like, Dawn has, like, names for them. But um, I'm going to start with the first one. It's basically, like, your default weapon, either the one you start with or if you die. Um, it's like a machine gun. Piddly pea shooter. <laughs> and then um, after that, um, two because they're numbered one through five on the screen. Um, it's basically like this uh, ball that you shoot. I call that and one then... just nope. <laughs> just nope. It's actually not too bad in the last level, believe it or not. But basically, it's just like this big ball that you shoot, and it just goes straight. It doesn't, like, do anything. But, like, when it, like, travels, like, halfway across the screen, it actually shoots, like, these two diagonally downward beams that um, in that last level, it actually hits, like, uh, some pretty important enemies. Um, the third one, number three, is uh the homing. This uh, it's like a homing crescent thing. Basically, it's like, what do you fool's got? Fool's gold. Because anytime <laughs> there's anything on the screen that you can damage that won't die from you shooting it, that's where all your homing missiles go, and they don't defend you at all from everything else. Yeah, 
So I think you can have like up to like five at a time. And uh, sometimes like you'll have bosses that will like go in but like behind the screen and they're like untouchable. And the missiles will, the, the homing things will actually just like circle around the boss and not do anything. <laughs> I've noticed that right. a couple of times. Yeah, you, and then you can't shoot the turrets and other stuff that are in the way because all of the ammunition you're allowed to have on screen is spent. Gonna have to I, drop a bomb. It's great. I was gonna say that one <laughs> was my favorite when I first started the game, but I, as I played through the game more, yeah, it's no longer my favorite. The fourth one um, is a flamethrower. Um, what do you got for a name for that one, Don? BFG. <laughs> it's the best one. So basically, the, with this the, flame, the, the best effing gun. In case, <laughs> in case anybody was wondering. So yeah, with... I use that one. So with this one, it's a flamethrower that, like, you know, goes straight, you know, up the screen. The longer you hold it down, the the less that it, uh, the range it gives. So you kind of have to, like, throttle it. But apparently, if you fully upgrade this weapon, you you no longer have to throttle it. So it's just basically a screen clear when you're going left to right. And um, I didn't really use it that much because I thought it sucked. But um, apparently, it's, like, the best weapon. <laughs> the damage it does is just absurd. Yeah, especially when you get a second wing and you're shooting two of them or three of them. Yeah. And then the last weapon is, um, number five, is um, a laser beam. That... Sharks with freaking laser beams. <laughs> yeah, maybe Gunnack wants a warm meal every once in a while. <laughs> you guys want to know what I call that one? What is it? There are five weapons? I believe so, yeah. There's five, yeah. I actually oh, think the fifth one is is the worst one, um, even even worse than than the than the second weapon because the, where the fire comes out of your ship makes absolutely no sense for what for the things you're trying to hit and, and the rate the rate of fire is ungodly slow. Yeah, with this you, weapon, I mean, you you just end up being a sitting duck in later stages if you end up with that weapon. I, yeah. I think the only redeeming quality that the weapon has and. High Some damage. of the weapons already have it. it like, the flamethrower already has it. But, like, if you want to say there's a redeeming quality, it pierces. Like, it doesn't disappear when it hits an enemy. Yeah. Like, again, the flamethrower does that already, so... It's also very high damage, too. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if, you, if you're if you dead. Which is what'll happen. Yeah. And then, um... So that's the weapons, obviously. And then you got your bonds, which is four of them. You got um, your circle bomb, which is the one you start off with, the default one. It which, creates like a like a spinny circle on the which on in, this on the screen. Yeah, which in my opinion is the weakest one. I don't like that weapon at all. And the and the and the bombs are all upgradable too, right? And this is something else that made it confusing to start off without without reading the manuals. Like if right. you pick up a letter, you get another bomb. And this is not like some shmups where you get like two you know, one or two bombs per level, you get, like, you get, like, I don't know, some levels have, like, north of 40 bombs in them. Like, bombs are a big part of this game, uh, and you use them a lot. Or yeah. you should if you want to be successful um, your first outing. And, and they're absolute boss destroyers if you have the right bomb. Yeah, if yeah you bombs are the, the best way. Bomb. Uh, but um, if you pick up the same letter, you'll upgrade the bomb. Now the the bombs in this game aren't like other shmups where it's just like a you know like a nuke that just blows everything up. Like there's like hit boxes to it. There's different patterns, right? So like there's four levels of upgrade for each bomb, and the more you upgrade it, 
the more bombs it takes to launch it, so it ends up being more expensive, but um, it does more for you when you launch it. And if you collect another letter, you go back to level one. It's not like the fire where if you level up your like normal gun and you switch guns, you end up at a comparable level. Yeah, you go back to level one of the other bomb, which is kind of annoying. Yeah. You get the bomb you like and you get it upgraded. Yeah, and the cool part about the bombs is, like you said, they're like special attacks, not screen clears, but like they all have different properties. So, you know, I know we're about to get more into them, but it's like, you know, we're talking about that first bomb and it does like a circle. Um, but then, like, you know, the water bomb does like rain droplets in rows and like they're the thunder bomb, which like does like zigzags and crosses, like, you know. And like and there's, they're more like special attacks. And there's what I like to call a copier machine, where it just sweeps from one side to the other, <laughs> yeah. giant line I, across, back and forth, back and forth. I, I just called it tornado because it just kind of looks like one. But um, that's the only one that I know of that that has like the upgrade. Like I don't know what the other ones do when they're fully upgraded because I know like with the like the tornado one, it like you get two of them that go across the screen. I actually don't know what all the other ones do when they're upgraded. You eventually Maybe get so, increased damage. Yeah, so I think the circle one is like circle, stronger circle, two circles, stronger two circles, and then you have the copier one, right? And then you have the um, the and the thunder just gets more bullets that go around, and then um, what was what was the last one? The raindrops. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I think that one just gets stronger. I don't really think there's anything more to it. Just get strong. Yeah, that was the bomb that I was hoarding. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite bomb? W probably. Yeah. yeah. W the rain. It really yeah. goes across the whole screen, but close second yeah. is the is is the copy machine because I I was yeah I had a, I struggled through the solar flare level, and what I learned that I could do with that bomb was that I could kind of follow the the like the you know, path of destruction as it went back and forth and shield myself from everything that was on the opposite <laughs> side of the of, yeah. the of the bomb, right? Because the bombs eat enemy bullets in this game, too. So, right. uh, yeah, there's, like, you know, basically enemies can get through bomb fire if they have enough HP, but, like, if there's a bunch of bullets and stuff on screen, you know, launching a bomb's a good way to shield yourself. Yeah, and the tornado one, you know, it, it like, like Don said, it will go back and forth on the screen. And some bosses they'll move with the uh, with the tornado, so they're like taking like ungodly amounts of damage. Sometimes they're like, why can't it be a copier machine, Dan? We're, we're <laughs> talking about you know materials that become sentient and try to attack people. Why can't that, we be using a true. giant copier machine? To kill? It's yeah, not it's out boss. of the realm of possibilities. Some bosses get scanned pretty hard yeah, with the weapon. <laughs> <laughs> just insert well, copier noise a, a couple of points for me on 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 gameplay too is um you know so all the weapons and all the upgrades are are a lot to start off especially like those little pea balloon things like sometimes they upgrade you sometimes they don't it's like and then the the manual says something like get more than one of these to upgrade your weapon and i don't know sometimes i'd get four or five of them and it doesn't upgrade my weapon <laughs> Yeah, I've noticed yeah. that too. Um, so pickups are a little bit confusing, and you know, an issue I have with shmups in general is that when you die, you're significantly weaker when you come back. 
and it's one hit kill. And if you die at a point where you need to be stronger, then basically it's like a wipe, you know? Yeah. So that's one thing that I don't like about shmups in general. This game finds a way to screw you over even more and you drop your wallet every time you die. As in all the money that you want to spend at the shop to set yourself up for the next level is gone if you die, all of it. So if you get all the way through the level and you die on the boss, guess what? You get no money. Yeah. Great. It is punishing for sure. Well, Very to be fair, true. other than like the turbo increase or whatever, the shop isn't like extremely like necessary. So I will say though, like when you're at like bosses or mini bosses, you do have like those little like dudes that go on the screen, kind of like Eddie's from uh, Mega Man. Where you can like sh- you know shoot them and they'll give you power ups. I mean, obviously you're not like anywhere near the power that you were, but at least they give you something. They yeah. are, they are, star soldiers from the Federation Garbanzo, like chickpeas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about these naming. <sighs> they had fun with it for sure. Uh, it's I, like I they had it, translated it, was... it from people that didn't know Japanese and yeah, no, they just picked a names. Due, date, due date issue yeah. <laughs> <laughs> need it on my desk on Monday babe <laughs> 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 what's for dinner uh, it must be it has to be on my desk by EOD yeah end of December I can do that <laughs> <laughs> end of day <laughs> oh yeah and and I, I you know i deduct more or less some of my score for the shop too i don't think the shop plays a large enough role um there's some stuff that it so we we, we keep saying that this is one permanent upgrade they don't really tell you what it does but at the shop you can also buy weapons going into the next level there's like another pickup called a wing so like there's eight different levels of of a of an individual weapon like you you can you can upgrade any weapon eight times right um but i think you can only upgrade it four times if your ship does not have a wing so you start off as like a little itty bitty ship and one hit kills you and if you pick up a wing you become a fatter ship and you get to have better weapons and if you get hit you just lose your wings and some of your power-ups. But uh, right. the wings let you get all the way up to level 8. Let's make basically. you more powerful and make it easier to get hit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's a trade-off. <laughs> but um, you can also send bombs to uh, upcoming levels. That is something else you can do at the shop, which I think is the least expensive option, which is kind of interesting. Because yeah. I think I'd more or less consider that a permanent upgrade. I don't know how helpful that is on on some levels but you just start uh, spending all your extra cash to drop as many w bombs as you want for the final stage yeah pretty yeah. much but like i don't know that that's the best thing though i don't know if you want to have fully upgraded w because it uses four bombs like maybe you want to have w level two so you can launch because you can only have a maximum of 20 bombs right so, you know, and i think all the stages they still like uh, destroy bullets too so it's like even with just level one is just enough just to clear the screen just so you know it, well, you know, yeah. gives you a little bit I mean, more. you'd use your bombs on other stages but like spending your extra cash on putting your bombs somewhere there's plenty of bombs in all the levels oh, provided yeah. you have extra cash you didn't drop your wallet in the vacuum of deep space well, <laughs> true which uh, let's be honest that probably happened to most of us yeah I, I died 
Um, also, I don't think we mentioned too much about, um, as far as, like, gameplay mechanics go. In this one, you can move, like, all the way to the top of the screen. It's not just left and right like Galaga is or Space Invaders, but you can move up as well. So, it's X and Y axis. Very nice. I didn't know that. As, you know, as you can tell, I'm not really, like, a, a shmup kind of guy. You didn't know you could fly up? No, I know. I knew in this game you could. I didn't know you could do that in, like, the previous games. Oh, like, no, you didn't. You couldn't before. do that in Galaga and in, uh, like, Space Invaders. It's just That's horizontal. That is good to know. So what uh, did you mean... guys give it for uh, for gameplay? So, for me, I thought, like, there was a good mix of weapons, upgrades, you know, like your wing, and bombs. There's a variety of bombs. You know, bomb was, like, a good... Uh, gameplay mechanic in this game it wasn't like you use it like once or twice a level it was actually you know you used it a lot in each level so i did like that um obviously the shop was kind of cryptic with some of its stuff like you know with the what we were saying like the auto what was it called turbo power yeah turbo um yeah turbo power even like online doesn't seem to know what it is like the the manual says it's something different so you know what i'm saying it's it's not very telling but um gameplay is good i feel like i actually gave it a seven myself you know not (coughs) but like for its time i feel like it's great you know you know nice smooth gameplay yeah that's what i got wow what about you steve um for me i think the gameplay was fun i mean mainly when i read on gameplay it's like did i have fun or not like, I try not to go too deep on, you know, things that I didn't like or did like. As long as I had fun, then, it, then you know, that's good enough for me. And the game is simple in its presentation and, you know, in its, in its gameplay mechanics. And, you know, it leaves some to be desired, but we also have to put our shoot, uh, put a, us back in time on the old NES. Um, yeah. I gave it a 7. I think that it was fun. Uh, you know, it could be better, it could be worse. But I think it was above average as far as, like, gameplay goes. I think it was good. Like, I would play this over Galaga any any day of the week. Yeah, it was enough variety, I feel like. How about you, Don? You know, I'm the opposite. I'm going to take my red pen out and I'm going to edit, edit, edit on this thing. Um, So <laughs> I just think there are a lot of... So it, the the base formula is there. It's a it's a it's a shmup. I had a good time, um, you know. But there's a lot of stuff that was like tried and not fully completed or executed well, right? And uh, yeah, I so I guess I'm just gonna make it short and sweet. Uh, I I gave it a five. Yeah, it's average, you know, not not bad, but not good. It 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 almost was more. If that shop did something, that would have been a really cool thing to add and uh you know all the different pickups and things were kind of negated by the fact of how badly you lose when you die yeah, so, yeah. I, I feel like you should have kept at least your money when you die that probably yeah. would have made the shop mechanic better i agree all right there it is let's move on to pacing so pacing we're going to talk about um overall level design we're going to talk about uh you know, the length of the of the experience, and we'll talk about, uh, you know, difficulty spikes and stuff like that. So, in this case, you know, we're 
dealing with a shmup. Levels only come in one flavor, up and down. That's it. Um, you know, that that being said, I think that some of the levels had some pretty unique mechanics like that. You know, I, I know we've talked about it already, but that, that flying into the sun level is really awesome. And it's not just, you know, going up and down. Now there's, like, hazards on the side of the stage because, you know, you're flying next to the sun. And there's, like, solar flares coming out of the sun. And it's just, like, you know, you feel like it's this, it's this overbearing presence, right? And, uh, and I think that the game, um, you know, back in this era, you kind of have to forgive difficulty a little bit. Because <coughs> I think modern games now are designed to be beaten and then mastered. That is to say, you don't have to be particularly good at a game nowadays to beat it. Back in this era, you had to be good at a game to beat it, and Gun Knack is certainly no no exception. So, well, unlimited continues. Yeah, but still, it's still going to take you to task on it, and you're just going to get better by virtue of trying, trying again, right? It's not going to hold your hand through the end of the game. If you want to see that end of the game, you know, you're going to have well, to develop also your skills. Levels too, if you wanted to play it on, like, say, easy. Yeah, yeah, and there are there are difficulty levels too, aren't there, Steve? I yeah. I feel like it's the best way to play it. Like for you know, so if you want to play it like multiple times, just play it on easy first, and then next playthrough play it on normal, and then next playthrough play it on hard. Yeah, see, that's that's what happened with <clears> me is I picked the easiest difficulty first, um, just to play it, and I didn't end up having time to play it again. It was just a really busy week, um, but I wanted the ability to play through the whole game. And so I picked the easy mode first time, and I just didn't get to get back to it, play again. Yeah. I don't know if you guys found this, but, like, when I played it on normal, I was fine for, like, the first four levels. And then, like, the fifth level is the one that really, really starts to turn on you, where this game turns from, like, a friendly shooter into, like, it's it's something else. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Because I thought, like, this game's pretty easy. And then all of a sudden, they just, like, put on the brakes or whatever, and it's, like, up the the difficulty for me it was six and on i i, was I like, probably oh. died like 30 times on the on the um solar flare level before i finally yeah it. yeah that, that's joking. i i marked it down because of the difficulty spike out of nowhere it's, it's yeah it's harder than the final level i think hands hands down like yeah. I, I i was just spamming bombs to survive right like, and, and it, it doesn't like, like usually in no. shmups like You'll have like this, like you know, little part of the uh, the map or whatever, where you get like you know the solar flares. But you know, it's usually probably what like ten seconds at most. But this this stage it just keeps coming and coming and coming. It's crazy. Like it just does not let up through the whole level. I think it's cool that all the levels have mini bosses too. I think it helps shake it up and kind yeah. of tell you where you are. There are some shmups where like the levels are so absurdly long and you just don't know where you are in the level. And the mini bosses were a nice little marker for you to say, "Oh, okay, I'm halfway." Right. Yeah. And there's no checkpoints either. I don't think if you lose all your continues, I know you have like unlimited uh, continues, but if you lose all your lives, you there's no uh, checkpoint. You do start from the beginning. They are pretty generous with extra lives throughout it, though. Yeah. 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 Beginning of stage. Uh, you know, and and the pacing is extremely straightforward. Like, it it every level is like formulaic the same you know uh fly up fight a mini boss and then fight a boss at the end and like i yeah. i just i feel like it uh it definitely that level six so darn hard they don't give you a mini boss in that in that level you're just <laughs> panicking wondering when is it gonna end <laughs> yeah 
Uh, what For do you guys sure. think about the time? I feel like the levels went on a little too long. I didn't. I mean, you know, uh, I, I didn't, don't know. It's I, like like five it's because you were playing on easy mode and you were bored. <laughs> it. I don't know. It's like each level is almost five minutes. It felt really long Maybe. to do the same thing I, over and over. I felt like they were longer the harder the levels got, but that's probably because it's like I was stressing out more. So, like, the levels felt longer. I didn't really get that vibe with the first couple levels because they're, let's be honest, they're not that hard. Mm, no. In my opinion. I thought the story was kind of weak. What about you guys? I mean, it's a shmup. I didn't really expect anything. Yeah. The story, like, if you read it, I guess. it's, it's Yeah, there's, there's a story in the beginning. It's kind of like Mega Man, I guess, where you get like a bit of story in the beginning and then it just, the levels don't even make sense. It's just, you go from one level to the next level. Like this, I don't think the story like actually makes a connection to the levels. Yeah, they're all planets and they're all in like an artificial solar system. That's like, that's like the whole thing. The sun you fly into at the end is, is an artificial sun. And there's some kind of, I think they call it the catalyst or something, which is, which is the final boss that kicked all this crap off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of docked it a little bit for uh for the story cuz it Yeah, I wasn't I really... pulled up the manual and I just want to read the first two sentences. Far 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 away. Really far away. So far away that it is difficult to imagine. Why oh, would so you good. start off with that? I actually I changed my mind. That's like the greatest story ever. <laughs> <laughs> Put like it on my desk by EOD. Twelve fars. <laughs> they couldn't just like you know, extremely far away, unfathomably far away. They, they had a, the, they, like... they needed the word count. They're like okay, like how many fars can we put in here? <laughs> <laughs> We got anything else to say, or are we on to grading? Before we grade it, yeah. So no I'll final start. thoughts on on pacing here. Um, you yeah, know, I either. think it's, I think it pretty much is is what it is. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just gonna give it a. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a it's a shmup. It's got the mini bosses, so you know, I think I'm more. I'm gonna tilt it a little bit higher. I'm gonna give it a seven. Fair enough. So for me, you know, like you said, it's like your typical shmup. Um, I feel like, you know, for a 1990s uh, shmup, um, I think it did uh, it did pretty well, at least for like the levels. Like the levels, like I feel like they, maybe for like level seven, like the difficulty like spikes really hard. But like, I want to say as you're going through the levels, like the difficulty does increase a little, little by little. But then by like seven, it, it like increases hardcore, which I kind of docked it for that. And the story's kind of weak, so I gave it a little less for that. So my pacing score was a six. I didn't want to dock it too bad for the for the difficulty spike because it is super late in the game. So I feel like by then, if you haven't learned, it's on you. But yeah, but yeah. like let's be honest though, that solar flare level, holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't let up. <laughs> well, what about you, Steve? Would you grade it? Uh, I thought that the pacing was really weak. Um, you know, we've touched on some of the things that were, like, really blatant. You know, the difficulty spike a little bit later. 
And then, like, the fact that the story was, like, really, like, it didn't even add anything. And, like, you know, when I think about the pacing of the game, it's, like, it's so, it's, not only that, but, like, it's so samey in a lot of ways. Like, I just don't feel like, maybe it's my lack of playing. I only played through it one time, but I just, I, I couldn't give it uh, an above average score. Uh, so I gave it a four. Alrighty. All right. That's uh, taking us to our next category where uh, we talk about games in general, like for your time, dear listener, uh, for your time, is it worth playing this game in, in 2023? We'll kind of give you an idea of that. Uh, so, Dan, you want to kick us off there? Yeah, so, obviously, you know, it's like your typical shmup. I mean, in my opinion, they're all pretty samey. So it's like, it's hard to, like, if you're into, like, you know, raiding and whatnot, you know, you, if you haven't played this game, you're going to like it. Um, has enough uh, upgrades, power-ups, um, you know, you can move in all directions, you know. So it is, you know, as far as that's concerned, it is an upgrade to, like, like the more modern uh shmups today um so like yeah like if you're into like these type of games it's absolutely worth playing and it's not too long it's only eight levels um you can master it if you really wanted to there's three difficulties um i recommend starting on the easiest and slowly working your way up until you like master each stage they you know have mini bosses you know it's a fun time i had fun with this game you know i only played through it once like steve but it was fun. I would definitely play this game again. Absolutely. Uh, what about you guys? Um, as far as the playability is concerned, I think that this game was really easy to pick up and play. And, you know, even though some of the things weren't explained extremely well, like the store, um, you know, that being a little bit confusing, you don't know what each bombs do, type of bombs do until you pick them up. Same with the weapons, but that kind of gives like a little bit of exploration, which is nice. Yeah, and, and it, mo most NES games are like that, where it's like they don't really tell you what, you know, what things do. Like, modern games are like super hand-holdy nowadays. Yeah. So. And like, you know, once you pick them up and you, you know, you experiment with them, you'll find the ones that you like, and that's kind of a cool thing. You can keep picking up the things that you like, or you can try something new. So, you know, it brings it back to some replayability. You can try going through the game with one type of weapon or one type of bomb or, you know, you could try one different weapon per level or find out what weapons are best for which levels. So, you know, I think the ability to pick it up and replay it a lot of times is pretty high. Um, yeah. Yeah, this genre in general is just, like, it's very high replayability. Yeah. I, I think as far as playability goes, it did really well. Yeah. I, th I think the genre is definitely inclined to be to to just age well. I mean, they oftentimes have simple graphics, simple mechanics. It's often very fair in terms of gameplay, right? Like this. Well, I don't. know. I shouldn't say that because some of the arcade ones are just utterly cheap. Yeah, but, quarter eaters. Yeah. Yeah. But this one didn't didn't did did it didn't feel like that. Um, I played one called Darius Gaiden. For the uh, for the Dreamcast, not that not that long ago, and boy, what a frustrating experience that that was. Um, <laughs> you know, it is an arcade shooter direct port, but you only get three continues, and then and then you have to start over. 
Like you can you can go, you know, we talked about how punishing this game <coughs> was, but you can go yeah. deathless for like five levels. And then I swear there's some kind of built-in mechanic that makes the bullets hit like like makes your hitbox gradually larger or something. I know I can't prove it. Get my elf tinfoil hat on here. But uh <laughs> it becomes a very frustrating experience and like the minute you die you have no power-ups and nothing, so it's basically you just you know, it's you have three continues, but just call it one life. You just have to watch yourself die nine times as opposed to once. Um, this one doesn't feel like that. But I will say, uh, if I did not read the manual, I would have had a darn hard time picking this game up this this week. And I don't think that's something modern gamers are used to. And I say that because I definitely pick up a shmup every now and again. And I'd say it's easier to learn than this one was. Right? Um so because of that and the lack of built-in resources within the game to tell you this stuff, I am actually, I, you know, I actually docked this one kind of hard for playability. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I don't know. I didn't feel like that those things had as big of an impact on the playability. Like, in the gameplay section or, or more so. But, like, as far as, like, not... I was cryptic. The what? The, the shop was kind of cryptic. Yeah, I think all of it's cryptic. The power-ups are cryptic. Like, you know, yeah. if, if if you don't read the manual, if you don't see what they all do or know how, how the upgrades work, it is cryptic as all get out. I will, I will say it does throw a lot at you in the first stage because it's like, I, I think right from the get-go, it's like they throw, like, all the power-ups at you at once and they kind of want you to figure out which one you want. And it's like, if you didn't read the manual, it's like, um, well, I don't know what any of the stuff does. <laughs> yeah, you like run through it like, look, scrambles, get it. <laughs> well, to be fair, I want to say that if anybody is going back in time to play an NES game that they have never played, I think it is 100% worth your time to look at the manual. Because back then, there's a lot of information that was easier displayed in the manual than it is in the game especially with different languages and the barriers that they had with that. So it's almost a given for me to look at a manual on an NES game that I've never played before. Cause that's yeah. kind of, that was like the expected standard back then. Yeah. There was no tutorials back then or if there was, they were very rare. Yeah. All right, I can be, manner. I can be persuaded that I'm, that I'm, you know, uh, not willing to read the manual and that's, and that's, that's my fault. <laughs> I can be I can be persuaded. Yeah, I'll typically play the game first, and if it's like too much, then I'll go back and read it. But uh, you know, we you know this isn't our first rodeo with these games, so it's like a lot of the time you can figure out like what to do. You know, yeah. with a little bit of trial and error. You don't have to get the power to beat this game. <laughs> now you're playing so with power. I'm, I'm gonna you know you guys help change my mind a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to give it above a six, though. Fair enough. All right. How about you, Dan? All right. All right so for playability in 2023 slash 24, um, I want to say like you know if you're if you're new to these like type of games, um, it's a very good starting point. Because, um, like Don was saying, the game that he played on the Dreamcast, it's like you have three continues and that's it and then it doesn't matter if you play flawlessly for the first six levels if you actually get smashed in the the sixth level all your lives you get to start all over again this game is a little more casual um so basically if you you lose all your lives you just start from the beginning of the stage 
a lot more forgiving. It's also very uh, generous with the power ups. You can ramp back up pretty. Yeah. And then also, yeah, exactly. And then also, like, you get the wing, so you get, you get two hits. It's like a Mario mushroom, pretty much. Uh, yeah. In a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah. So for me, like, you know, what we all said and whatnot, um, I'm going to actually give it an eight. I think it's a, a good introduction into the series if you're not really into shmups. Yeah. Steve, what did you what did you grade this bad boy? Uh, I'm not going to harp on it much more, so I'll just throw it out there. I gave it a seven. I think it's pretty accessible, and I think it's pretty easy to pick up and play. You know, the manual's literally two pages, so if that's a deterrent for you to play, to read two little manual pages, then... I guess, you know, it's not the shmup for you, but I think it did pretty good. Right. Finally, our last of the five categories, X-Factor. So X-Factor is a category where we talk about what makes this game stand out against the crowd. Make, a, make it a unique experience. If uh, any of you have been listening long enough to have listened to our Mega Man X7 episode, where that game <laughs> had nothing unique about it at all. It had all been done before to better effect. You know, this is where we talk about that and give the game a letter grade of that. Um, I'll start us off here. Yeah, this one might be where you have to persp- uh, persuade me because I kind of like was harsh on this one. Really, really. I mean, what do you have mean? You played other... Yeah. Have you played other shmups? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess I. Well, I'll I'll wait until you guys say your piece, and then, and then maybe you guys can persuade me. Yeah. So I mean, you know, first of all, the shop. I mean love or hate the idea of of losing your wallet right like the shop is already something that you don't see a lot in these in these in these old shmups that like in in between upgrade platform right but like just the way the bombs are handled they're not just like the the screen nukes like you have to play around them and that that makes it fun you can you can change your speed at will right and there's even difficulty levels there aren't many shmups that actually have difficulty levels on the on the console versions some of them are just hard and some of them just aren't that's just kind of how it is like i don't know i feel like there's a lot that makes gunnack stand out in the in the shmup arena i mean i'm not going to belabor my point I, I i actually gave this one gave this one a 9 there wow. so i'm just going to come come right out with the score swinging so i don't know fight me <laughs> It, no, no, you actually brought up a couple of good points that I didn't think about, but I, I mean, I still don't think it's enough to give it like an absurdly high one. Um, what, Steve, what do you got? Um, Can you persuade me? Probably not. Uh... All the <laughs> weapons are really funky too. Like, like they're not just like shoot one, shoot one that's harder and thicker, shoot one that's thinner and you know squirrelier. It's like, like all the all the, I, I felt like I, I felt like all the weapons were super unique. Well, so the shop that you mentioned, I kind of put that more of a negative, like, because they didn't handle it well. Like, it is an X-Factor, it is different, but if it's a bad kind of different because they didn't do it well, then that hurts it. And then, like, you know, the different weapons was definitely the plus side. Um, uh, I'm not going to, like, mince opinions and whatnot, but, you know, I think that it was pretty average. Pretty average for me. I mean... You know, I had the the shop written down, and I had the the five shots and the four bombs. Those were the three main things that I had for X Factor, and those the, the weapons. The speed changing. The speed changing. I didn't know that was a thing. Right, but you do now. 
Well, then I guess I would bump it up. I didn't realize you could do that, but it's super interesting to me. So Yeah, you get to play as the Judge Spear if you want to play as the Judge Spear, Steve. That's Yeah. But I was going to say that as far as like the weapons go, like I really like the flamethrower and that was the only one that I like yeah. really liked. So like there are five different shots, but I really only liked one of them. I also thought the mini bosses is also an X factor too. I don't feel like you see mini bosses in every level. See, like I wasn't sure about that because I'm not like a shmup expert, but I feel like Yeah, me neither. I'm the mini bosses i don't know if that's like i mean i guess for its time it could have like invented it but again i'm not like an expert when it comes to shmups so yeah uh, so i have mine like a little bit above average it's a six i you know from playing yeah. it like they didn't i didn't know you could change the speed but of your of your yeah. ship but i mean i think it was better than average but not much better right i mean i i think i would was gonna score it too harshly until Don said his piece. I was actually gonna give it a three, but like he is right. Like the the shop is actually unique. I haven't really, even though it is bad, I haven't really seen a shmup really do that. Like after a stage, you kind of have like this like intermission. Um, I mean the weapons. I mean, I, like again, I'm not a shmup expert, but like you know, every game like shmup has like their you know different weapons and uh, bombs and whatnot. Um, I don't know if they handle them differently, like bomb wise and other games. Like I, I know like a lot of them are like screen clears. This one's like a little more unique when it, uh, they're not like necessarily screen clears, but like if you like need time to breathe, you, they can like, uh, destroy bullets and whatnot. Kind of, but you can't just like hit the dummy button and put the controller down. Like you have to play around the bombs. Yeah. I found to be super fun. Yeah. But um, for me, like it, it wasn't like too crazy, uh, like different enough from a shmup for me to like call it like super super unique. I mean, it does have like unique aspects to it, but I gave it a four. I was gonna give it a three. I'll give it a four. All I get, I'm lobbying hard right here. <laughs> Don had a 36 total score, and Dan had a 33 total score, and I had a 31 total score. That means that Gunnack gets a 100 out of 150 total score, which, you not know, bad. I think that's decent, you know. Yeah. It's no, not a perfect game by any means, but... Don't hate us, we're all... We're, I don't think any of us are shmup people. No, absolutely not. I mean, but it I'm... wasn't a bad game, but I'm not giving it 10s. Yeah, I mean, like, 10s would be, like, absolutely perfect game, no flaws. <laughs> yeah, it's like Mega Man X territory or Symphony of the Night territory. <laughs> like, like Gunnack is good, but it's not a masterpiece. Well, and this is, of course, just, just our opinion. If you have an opinion out there, please feel free to write us in at uh, thecableclubpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're watching on YouTube, leave us a comment. We do respond to those as well so we're interested in hearing your opinions because i think i speak for all three of us when we say that uh we started this to find other people who like retro games as much as we do we just want to talk and build a community absolutely so next episode guys wearing this hat you know what that means what time of year it is right we are we are at we are at the end of 2023 
We are post-game awards. We have the holidays right around the corner. So what do you say, fellas? We're going to wrap up the year and we're going to have a little game awards of our own, a little Hall of Fame for the games that we've played so far on the on the oh, podcast. That what sounds really interesting. All right. That could be fun. So we're going to pass on our, uh, on our cycle of Coliseum episode now, and we're going to host our own little The Cable Club Game Awards for next episode. All five of our games. <laughs> aren't there six because we did we did a coliseum uh i guess oh. five episodes but yeah six games yeah yeah yeah, yeah. don't sell us short steve uh, <laughs> it's a little short i'm only five foot five <laughs> very average very average no six foot's average really wow even i'm short right. i think no i think it's nine our five nine and a half is average, believe it or not. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm still four inches too short. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you've made it this far into the episode, you obviously maybe kind of like what you hear. So, if you would, uh, on the listening platform of your choice, leave us a rating and review. Really helps us out just to even hear your feedback, let alone all the other stuff it may or may not do with the algorithm on that platform and guys in front of other people. Even do us a bigger solid if you really, really like us and go tell a friend who enjoys retro games that we're out there doing this. Um, so, you know, we're available on YouTube, uh, Apple, Spotify, um, basically all the major platforms, right? Um, Audible. Trying to think of them all, Steve. Help me out. Help me out. Help me out. Uh, Amazon Music and like Cloudcast or you know all Did those main ones. iHeartRadio. Yeah, iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio yeah, too. And uh, you know, of course, thank you very much to all of you who have subscribed before. It means the world. Um, and uh, so, trying to think of where where I was going with this. Just plugging mostly yeah. oh yes uh so we're hoping to start with the, with the new year not just these podcast episodes we're hoping to launch some gameplay stuff on our channel as well so keep keep posted for that um so yeah uh i think that that is all i had on the list for today guys what do you think any last thoughts before we wrap this up uh yeah if you have a question that you want us to answer you know and it doesn't have to be game related it could be you know what's uh, your favorite pizza toppings yeah or you know what what's your favorite movie genre anything it doesn't really matter it, it the question of the week's kind of for you guys to get to know us a little bit better so if you have a question that you want to ask make sure that you send us an email at the cable club podcast at gmail.com or just even in the comments on youtube for, for our youtube audience we'll we'll even pick uh questions up from there too Anywhere you guys want to send them, um, we'll take them. All right. I think that's it for tonight, fellas. Game over? Game over. Game over. Die, monster. You don't belong in this world.